Did you know that over 50% of the church membership is single? That's why Faith Matters and Leading Saints are joining forces to produce the Single Saints Virtual Summit. This online event is focused on helping Latter-day Saints more deeply understand the complexities of being a single adult in our faith community. In this summit, you'll learn from 10 to 15 presenters, mostly single adults, who share their unique perspectives on how we can better understand the single adult experience and feel more equipped to unite with them in our worship. For more information about the Single Saints Virtual Summit and how to register for free, text the word LEAD to 474747. Again, text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org/singleadults. Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through content creation, much like this podcast. We have articles at leadingsaints.org you should check out. A weekly newsletter you should subscribe to that also has unique content. So let's jump into this week's episode. Today, I have the opportunity to connect through the powers of the internet with Brooke Reynolds. How are you, Brooke? Hi, doing great. Thanks. Awesome. Now, tell us uh, wh- where where you're uh, calling in from or where you're at right now and and uh, your, your, what state you're from. We're in Laguna Niguel, California. So Southern California, about halfway between LA and San Diego and Orange County. Nice. So the weather's always perfect there. It's right? usually pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so um, we... We were just mentioning before he record, and uh, we're going to talk about President Evanson uh, here, and because you got a really special stake president, and he's never going to admit that. I've tried to corner him for an interview; he turns me down. Someday, with your help, Brooke, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get him here. But um, he connected me with you because you've been doing some really cool things with social media, and both. I, from what I understand, as far as missionary work, but also just unifying the stake and keeping everybody on the same page yeah, with all, sure. all things. So I'm, you've sent me a detailed outline here. So I'm just going to say, Brooke, where where are we going to start with this? Let's start just with, I get asked a lot, um, you know, why I even have stake social media pages? Because the church does a really great job in social media, especially the last five or six years, I'd say. Um, They've kind of realized the power those channels have in getting a message out to a huge amount of people. And, you know, why do we need to do do anything on a stake level if you can just share stuff the church is doing? Um, So that's where we've come from. We got into the game kind of early. You know, I think I'm the third social media director in our stake. We've had a Facebook page and an Instagram page for at least, you know, I'd say five, six years. So, yeah, Yeah. I remember 
Uh, well, the person who started it, I remember her saying that she had to kind of beg the stake president, oh, really? a different stake president than we have now. But it was just such a new idea for a stake to have a page that they thought that was super weird. Yeah. So I'm just going to read down the list of ev- all the channels that you have. You have a stake website, stake Instagram, stake Facebook, a third hour or private Facebook group for Come Follow Me, a youth Instagram, Good News Laguna, which is, is that a Facebook community page? It's Facebook and Instagram. Oh, okay. And then Twitter, YouTube channel, Steak Podcast. Oh, you're speaking in my heart. Uh, <laughs> local Just Serve and YSA Instagram. And yeah, many people may look at that list and say, way too much work, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is the product of many years. It's not like you woke up and started all these channels. For sure. And I think we started first with that Instagram page, and then it kind of grew from there. And we've just kind of been adding things as we've needed them. It's definitely not... Um, let's create a bunch of work for ourselves. So why not start all these pages? It's just trying to reach as much of our stake and our community as possible. Yeah. And each of those channels kind of hits a unique audience or a unique target. Yeah. So just to put your stake into context, maybe just tell us about the, the geographics, the demographics. Uh, what, what's your stake like? Sure. Our stake covers uh, six different cities. Uh, Laguna Beach, Laguna Niguel, Elisa Viejo, Dana Point, Laguna Woods, and Laguna Hills. So nice area in Southern California. Like you said, the weather's always good. We have in that, you know, we cover four different high schools, um, a lot of different cities. So we've got lots of different, you know, civic, you know, city councils and things we're working with, lots of different churches across um, all those cities as well. Yeah. So great. And, um, what is your, like, so your, what's your official calling then the state social media? I, I think my official calling is that I'm the assistant director for communications. Okay. It used to be public affairs. Now it's yeah, called yeah. communications, but we kind of just say that we're the, the media team. Yeah. And that's, that's been and then as far as like how many, how big is the team that's working with this? And then maybe how does that team work with individual wards? Sure. We have probably uh, five to six people on our media team. Usually that kind of shrinks and grows as we need it to. And that's, you know, I'm kind of the director and kind of gather content and oversee all the channels, but there's specific people who are in charge of the Instagram account and the Facebook page and, and things like that. And, you know, we're always kind of looking to grow as we, as we add channels and pages. And luckily president Evanson is, is nice and can give us people. Yeah, that's awesome. And you talk about as far as, you know, the state social media team or, or why why you do these different channels and have a presence on social media basically comes down to outward, inward and mission, right? Yeah. And so that's going to be maybe the, the crux of our conversation. All right. So I'm just going to run through our channels so that if you're new to this or maybe you just got called to communications and you, you don't know where to start, um, here's kind of a run through of where I'd begin. Uh, have a steak website and ours is just beginning to go steak. It's lnsteak.org. And, you know, you can put all of your upcoming steak events on there. We pull, you know, special stories and things that we love from our Instagram page. And we add them to the blog on the website. We also have like our local temple, you know, a schedule and, and even our own steak recommend interview. We keep a current list of missionaries serving from our stake. So I'm always encouraging people, you know, if you have a free moment on a Sunday afternoon, you can shoot an email to a missionary. And President Evanson has done something really awesome this year, which is this Living Faith Discussion Series, which is a series of discussions with 
experts in church history. And it's the same kind of people you'd see, you know, if you went to education week, he's really good at talking people into coming here. And we've had to do some of them via zoom uh, when COVID kind of you know, shut down some of our travel plans, but we've had some really amazing people, you know, Stephen Harper, Terrell Gibbons, the next three that are coming um, are here. You can see Kate Holbrook, Barbara Morgan Gardner, Andrea Radke Moss. So these are, these are just awesome people and they're coming talking about whatever is going on in come follow me that month. And so we've kind of coincided the subject of their discussion along with that come follow me schedule. Uh, we have a stake Instagram and this is probably, you know, right after I started my stake website, I'd probably start a stake Instagram. And this is really to, to talk to um, the members of the stake and also the community at large, but it has a weekly come follow me post the best thing I think is these personal experiences from people. Um, you can see here this, this girl who went to Africa this summer and had an amazing experience uh, doing a humanitarian trip. And when our missionaries come home, we ask for, for one great story from their mission. And we're really just trying to show you know, who we are, what we're about. We have a stake Facebook page. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, we used to call ourselves Ellen Stake on everything. Um, it's nice and short, which is great for social media. But part of the problem is that we started to become known in our community as Ellen Stake. And that doesn't mean anything if you're not a member of the church. So people would say, you know, thanks for coming to our community event and for bringing volunteers, Ellen Stake. And that doesn't mean anything. So we've kind of morphed just in the last six months or so to Church of Jesus Christ Laguna. Um, and that's the name we're trying to go by now. So our Facebook page has profiles like this. This is a guy who's in our Laguna Beach ward who plays the organ every week at church, but he built this organ home at his home. <laughs> this is his home, personal home organ. So stories like this where you hear, you know, why did he get involved in music in the first place? Um, what does music mean to him? And you get to know, you know, these people on a personal level. He's not in my ward, but I know about him because of this post. So we're trying to, like you said, unify the stake. Third hour is our private Facebook discussion group. And that's something you can do in Facebook where you can have a private group where only members of the stake can join. We approve whoever joins. We have a couple membership or a couple questions before people can join. And each week we pick a different member of the stake to host. So they'll post you know, three or four times throughout the week, things that they're teaching their own families about the Come Follow Me lesson that week, um, questions that they have. We've had some really interesting discussions um, about divorce and about, you know, hard topics that come up sometimes in those come follow me lessons. And because it's a private group, uh, only members of the group can see comments and posts. So you don't have to worry that like your friends from high school are going to be listening in. Um, we have a youth Instagram account. I think this is just for youth 11 to 18. And I know that um, everyone has different feelings about social media. And I totally get that. Uh, my own children who are teenagers don't have social media yet. But this is a, an account full of, you know, teenagers and what they're up to, things that their um, experiences they're having at girls camp and at youth conference. And if I see something, I'll screenshot it and text it to my own kids. You know, they may not be on it themselves, but I still want them to, to hear these messages. Uh, we have a Twitter account. We're kind of new to Twitter. Um, we're trying to do like kind of short recaps of recent talks by church leaders um, maybe some highlights from church news and, you know, some local information as well. 
we're, we're still kind of figuring out our sweet spot on Twitter. Um, but it seems like there are some people who, who only use that, that platform. Good News Laguna is a page that we just started that I'm super excited about. It's on Instagram and Facebook, and it's totally community facing. And what it's supposed to be is just good news happening in our area. Um, I've seen some of these Instagram pages, like some good news, where it shares good stuff happening all over the, the world. And that's great, but it's super cool to see it on a local level. So we're always looking for acts of kindness or maybe people who volunteer in the community, local charities. Um, there's usually like service opportunities happening all around us, you know, blood drives and donation drives. Um, we just collected a bunch of soccer gear that got sent to Mexico. We've been sewing baby blankets that, it, that just got taken to Africa. Um, and really, we want this to be interfaith. We want it to be from churches all over our community, not just ours. Um, we have a stake YouTube channel, and sometimes we create our own videos, like this Living Faith Discussion Series I was talking about earlier. If you missed one, they're always uh, we just record them and put them up on the YouTube channel when, when we're done. We also try and do videos like when the seniors are graduating high school and um, you know showing a picture of them when they were like in kindergarten and just celebrating our seniors. We've also been doing some of our own stuff. You know, we just had a senior mission fireside, and so we recorded a few videos about people who are serving in the temple or people who had had great experiences serving in China as teachers. Um, and it's just a way for us to, to get the message out. Um, so many people are, are just on YouTube, and maybe they can't come to something in person, but they can watch it later. It was actually really great during COVID, too because we could send messages out from the state presidency. And I still remember like that first weekend when churches in California got shut down. So that was, it was March 13th um, here in California. And we knew we couldn't go to church that Sunday. That was a weird feeling, but our state president, President Evanson recorded a message for all the state members. And then he recorded a message from each bishop as well. So when you sat home, you know, Sunday, when you should have been at church and you were doing your own church at home, you could turn on the TV and see a message from your state president and a message from your bishop. And that was you know, super reassuring during those times. We also have a stake podcast. So a lot of the stuff that's on the stake YouTube channel, we'll just pull the audio and use that as a podcast. It's definitely not um, like a weekly podcast where we have a host and we're interviewing people. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. But right now, it's mostly just the audio from those Living Faith discussions. Sometimes we'll have uh, messages from our stake leaders. If there's a really awesome talk, you know, from state conference, we'll pull something from there. And we did something cool for our Newport Beach temple. We had our 15th year anniversary last year. And we just pulled um, a bunch of different testimonies from people. So it was, it was great to hear, you know, the testimony of someone who is an ordinance worker and the testimony of someone who had just gone through for the first time and um, a member of the temple presidency. And we just recorded those all as just audio for our podcast. And you can listen to it wherever you already are listening. So if you're on Apple podcasts or anchor or Spotify, uh, we have a local just surf page. So that's just a way for us to know about the local opportunities that are happening right in our cities. And it's also a great place to find things for kids. If you're trying to find you know, something kids can do or teenagers, maybe a youth activity, you can find stuff there. And we have a YSA Instagram that's just for our college age kids, really, 18 to 30. 
And we just figured out like, that's where they are. They're on Instagram. And so it's, it's the best way to get a message out. And you know, even if they're up at college, we still ask them to follow it because there's stuff going on when they're home at Christmas, there's stuff going on when they're you know, home for the summer. So that's really an overview of our channels. Um, so I'm going to nice. unscreen share now. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. That's a, I've got so many questions. I got a list of questions here. So, um, <clears throat> you know, most stakes or rewards, I think it's becoming more and more common, um, to have a ward Facebook group, right? That's generally private and you can announce stuff in there, but you've, you have s- separate Facebook groups for different things, right? That even the come follow me or the third hour is its own Facebook group. Yep. Was that, was there a, a reason behind all that? I mean, it seems to make sense in hindsight, but. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our wards have their own pages as well. And I think that works on a ward level too. It's great to have a way to share, you know, events and things that are going on for your ward. Yeah. But, um, it, it's just, it's just too much for one channel in my opinion. And yeah. especially, you know, social media is, is kind of a divisive topic at the moment. Um, <sighs> people are, some people are super into it. Some people think it's the devil himself. And, um, I, I think it's, you know, I go back to Elder Bednar and what he said in like 2015, which was that these are inspired tools that are created right now for us to spread the gospel. And yeah. so that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's cool. And I guess I've learned as I've been in this calling, I think I've been in this calling for maybe four years now, that each platform has its, its pros and cons. And each platform has, you know, Facebook's really great for sharing and Instagram's really great, you know, for photos. So I don't think you can just pick one and put all your eggs in that one basket. Yeah. And, and really just splitting them up like that will create uh, options for people. Maybe they want some type of posts and not others. So they can join some groups and not others and rather than putting all on one. I'll say even with that, um, that third hour group, which we, we named in jest, you know, cause the third hour had just gone away when we created it. But oh, nice. um, the idea was just that let's have a place where we can help people with their come follow me. So that if maybe you're, you know, Come Follow Me seemed to be working well for people who had like a bunch of kids at home and you're studying it together. But what if you're a young adult and you're studying alone? Or what if you're, you know, retired, your kids are out of the house and you're, you're trying to do something? It was just kind of a community, you know, where people could talk to each other. And I, you know, get to see most of the people who join that. And I love when I see sometimes some, it'll say, you know, a name I don't know. So I'll look it up in LDS tools and yeah, they're in the state, but I've never heard of that person. They don't have a calling. And then they'll say, Hey, I just want, I'm not active. I just want a way to study the scriptures with my kids. It's like, fantastic. Maybe that's the only page they feel comfortable joining. Maybe they aren't quite ready to come to church every week, but it gives them a little dose of something. Yeah. So how do you uh, just keep things going? Because with these different pages and, you know, we need, oh, we need a youth story. We need a steak story. We need, yeah. you know, how's the, who's uploaded the podcast? Like there's a lot of moving parts. I, I know this firsthand from just running leading saints. And so, I mean, I can just see this turn into like, oh, one more thing. I gotta, I gotta go pester that person again for their story or, but so tell us about the, the nuts and bolts of it and how it works behind the scenes. We try to have someone in our committee, like when we're picking people to join the committee, um, we're trying to find people that are in all the different wards. So you kind of have eyes and ears in each ward. Um, Because most of the stories don't come because I call someone up and say, hey, you want to share a story? They come because someone makes a comment in Relay Society. And I hear it and think, you know, there's there's a story there. There's more than than what that comment said. 
or someone will give a talk in sacrament meeting and, and mention something. Um, and so I just have like a, a notes page on my phone and all the people on our committee do as well. And they, you're just listening. Yeah. And when you hear things, you, I r- jot it down real quick. And then after church, I, I am pestering people and, yeah. and not everyone is cool with sharing their story in a, in a broader way like that. Um, they don't want to have their face on social media and that's totally fine. Yeah. But most people I think have kind of caught the vision of this as a, as a tool to just reach people. Yeah. And I really appreciate that strategy. I interviewed a primary president a few weeks ago and she talked about how she basically builds her primary program every year off of the talks that the kids gave the rest of the year. Right. And so it's like the work's already done. They already, they've already practiced. Now they're just going to do it in sacrament meeting. So I like this idea of that. You just hear a story in a sacrament meeting talk and say, that would be a good story rather than going to somebody and saying, we would like you to share a story. I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm sure that happens, but it no, I think really that's really any, hard. That's yeah. really hard for people to, yeah. to come up with one story um, and to tell it succinctly. You know, Instagram has a character limit. You can't go beyond, you know, 2100, I think. And that's including spaces. So that's only, you know, three, four paragraphs. Yeah. And, you know, if someone wants to tell, tell us the story of your conversion. And it's, you know, it's five, I've gotten five pages, you know, from people. And so trying to tell stories quickly. It helps if someone's already written a talk, they've already kind of done half of that work for you because they've, they figured out how to word it and how to tell it and the main points. And they've already kind of let go of, you know, the other things we love to throw in our stories. Yeah. So I don't know if you do this. Here's just a random Instagram hack that I learned that we started doing leading saints, like, especially with like stories or sharing messages. Cause we, you know, I write a newsletter every week and I send it out. And then like six weeks later, we post it on social media most of the time. And, uh, one tip I heard is we take the, all the text, you know, the text of a newsletter, and then we just chop it up and, uh, paste it into 10 graphics. They're just using Canva. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have 10 squares that with the, the text of all that, and then we post it and then people, you know, they swipe through the story rather than reading the long thing. And yep. you, you get a lot better engagement that way, but that, I don't know if that's I something should. you already do. Yeah, I totally agree. I, yeah. I have realized that nobody likes to read anymore. Um, I'm a reader myself, but no one likes to read. My background's in graphic design. So I understand like being able to see things visually um, and making them look beautiful is, yeah. is a huge part of our job. And, yeah. you know, we just did something where, you know, we got a new member of the stake presidency and he's a guy that not a ton of people know. He hasn't been in the stake that long. And so it was like, 10 things you didn't know about president Stevens you oh, know? Cool. and a slide for each one, you know, from him you know, working at boy scout camp to getting airlifted off a mountain one time, you know, just interesting stuff that I think if you put that all in one post, 10% of the people would read it. And if you break it into chunks and yeah. spread it out with pictures, 90% yep. of people will. Look yeah. at it. And do you use uh, any tips as far as like simple graphic design tools, like, like Canva is a, a favorite yeah. one. Is that what you use or do you have any others? I use InDesign because I, I have it and I realize most people don't. Um, but like for our youth account, the woman who runs that, she does an awesome job, uh, Casey Barker. And she just, I, when I first you know talked to her, we kind of set up you know a, a pattern for, for the page. We're going to do three stories you know, that are photos and then we're going to do a quote. Mm-hmm. And so in Canva, we just came up with a really simple, um, you know, I like to kind of customize my templates. I don't like to just use them straight out of the can from Canva. I like, you know, you got to tweak the colors, make it look, you know, unique to you. 
and have a color palette for your channel. So the youth account has like these five colors and that's what gets used for all their slides. And um, it just makes the whole feed look more unified. And yeah. that pattern where you're doing photo, 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 slide, you know, yeah. on our yeah. on our general account, you know, we alternate and we do photo slide, photo slide. And so you just have sort of, there's a thoughtfulness to how the, the channel looks that I think people appreciate. Yeah. So I know a few years ago, the handbook was, quite restrictive and sometimes confusing when it came to like ward websites and, but now it's become more and more of a thing. It's much, there's a lot of leeway there, but any, any advice or uh, tips as far as what's in the handbook and things that you're really trying to steer clear from to make sure you're not violating anything there, or is it pretty open? Well, it's a good question. Um, we talk about this a lot in, I don't know if other areas have something like this, but in North America West where we are, we have an area um, Facebook group for everyone in communications. And that's oh, been wow. super helpful. So if you have a specific question like, hey, can I name my page this? You know, is that okay? Um, people will, will answer you pretty quickly. And so if I ever have a question, the handbook is um, it's in need of some updates. And a lot of the things I just think were written a long time ago. And I, I know that the church knows that. And I'm sure that it's in process and being worked on. But in the meantime, it is kind of like a choose your own adventure calling. Like you kind of, I feel like I'm, we're kind of making it up as we go along and figuring out what works. Um, there are some specific things that you don't want to do. You know, you don't want to call it, you know, Bishop Iyer's ward or, you know, something that's very specific to a person. You want to keep things. Um, they used to say that you had to call it like news from Laguna Niguel Stake. Um, and I think they've moved away from that because now a lot of the missions are having Facebook pages as well. I don't know mm. if you've seen that where you are, but um, yeah. a lot of the missions are starting to have a Facebook page and they'll name it something like, you know, um, followers of Christ in Southern California or something kind of, I don't want to say vague, but very like Christian focused, but not specifically LDS. Yeah. Um, and, and they're having success with that too. So. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. Um, and then are all of your, accounts from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram, are they all private? So you have to request to be included? No. Um, in fact, we try not to be private if we can, just because I, I think that that's a stepping stone that we don't want to put in front yeah. of like a community member who wants to join. Uh, the only one that's private is that Facebook group, because yeah. that was really meant to be like where like discussions are happening. And we didn't want to feel like we couldn't talk about, um, you know, sensitive topics and so that's, that's the only one where you have to be a member to join. Everything else is public. And that one is the third hour one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. And yeah, so, so how do you deal with, uh, with trolls? <laughs> we, we don't really get them. Oh um, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. We haven't, we haven't had a ton of, of, of trolling or super mean comments. Um, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe if we were more popular, we'd be getting yeah. more trolls, but for the most part, I know that, um, We've been doing some things lately with the Newport Beach mission, which is kind of a, a new thing we're trying out where uh, we're trying to run some targeted ads on Facebook in conjunction with the mission. And this was an idea that came from um, Bo Swanson, who's in the Newport Beach mission presidency, President Evans. And there's some area people involved as well, but it was like, instead of having the, the missionaries run their own pages, which was happening for a while. And I like, you know, making fun videos and here we are playing basketball and we're talking about the scriptures and all, all that. Yeah. Like 
I think they had a little bit of success with that, but I think they realized like, this isn't maybe the best use of our time or our efforts. And, and some people were super good at it and some people were not that good at it. Um, and they're running cameras that aren't that great. And it's just, I think they decided, why don't we, we already have a robust social media platform, at least in our stake. Why don't we just use that and have the missionaries, um, we're running these ads and the ads are for things that we think people in the community would be interested in, like family history. Like, hey, do you know who your great grandparents are? That's, And then they, someone answers back. Yeah, I'd like to know more. And then it's the missionaries who answer those. So we have missionaries who are, you know, admins on our pages and they're responding to these requests saying, you know, let's get you started on family search. Or maybe there's something about um, really society. We've been saying like, you know, the oldest Christian women's group in the world come join our meetings or we're having activities locally. And so people are saying, you know, it says, what city do you live in? They say, we're doing Miguel. And then the missionaries get back to them with like, you know, we're going paddle boarding next week or we're having a picnic on this day. And so the missionaries are kind of doing the, the leg work on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. And then as far as like, uh, it, it sounds like some of the channels are mainly for members of the church in the area and others are more public facing. Is yeah. there, any intention there or is, are they all sort yeah. of intended to be public facing? No, I mean, um, so our Instagram page, used, we used to say, yeah, that's public facing. And then I would look through the people who were following it and they were all members of the stake or former members of the stake. Uh-huh. Um, it was hard for me to find people who were, who were just members of the community who happened upon our page and decided to start following it. So this idea that you can create one page that is going to serve all three of your needs, it's going to be a mission page, it's going to be inward facing, and it's going to be outward facing. I just decided it's it's not that feasible to speak to all three audiences at one time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we've kind of diversified that. It's like, okay, we're going to have this stake Instagram page, and we're mostly going to be talking to members because that's who's following it. Yeah. And then we started this community facing page, this Good News Laguna. And we're pretty much all community members at that point on that one. Um, we're just starting that one up. And it, it's, it's the kind of things people want to, want to hear. Um, yeah. And finding stories for that is, takes a little more work because we're trying to not make it about members of the church, make yeah. it about everything going on in the community, which means you're spending time in you know, community Facebook groups for your local cities and, and finding stories there and reaching out to people who don't know you and trying to get photos and permission mm-hmm. to post things but it's starting to work. That's cool. That's great. Um, and then the, Oh, I love the, just the concept of like creating this infrastructure. Like you, you had this infrastructure and then the world turned upside down with COVID and immediately your stake president had a, a venue to, to make a video and, and send it out. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that uh, was huge, huge. Yeah. And I even see this, I've seen other stakes do it where, you know, gearing up for maybe an upcoming state conference, you can use these channels to really promote and make people aware of it rather than, you know, announcing in sacrament meeting and hoping people are paying attention. Right. Cause yeah. this is where attention is on, on social well, media. So can I just talk about two things we've, we've yeah. done that have kind of um, prepared people for a future event. So one was, you know, in, in general conference when president Nelson said that we should be studying the restoration, you know, prior to, I forget which conference it was like a year yeah. ago. And so you know, it's the 200th anniversary, study the restoration. So most people, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> and so we decided how, how can we make it a little easier for members of our stake to follow the prophet? And so we created a little, a little reading guide and it was, you know, maybe eight weeks 
and it was the eight weeks prior to conference. And we just released one thing a week. So it was like week one. Hey, why don't you, you know, listen to Truman Madsen's Joseph Smith. And the next week was, Hey, why don't you read all four accounts of the first vision from Joseph Smith papers? Love and the it. next thing was, Hey, Joseph Smith papers released this great podcast. Listen to an episode of that and, and on and on and on. So we just kind of pulled all the best content that is already out there and, and we're feeding it to the stake one thing at a time and introducing each one with a testimony of someone who had read it and, and shared their thoughts on it. So that was one. And then the other one was this, our Newport beach temple had its 15th anniversary. And we did a, a similar thing where we created, you know, a video of all the people who were there, you know, when it was being dedicated um, and all the work that went into, you know, before that happened and personal testimonies of people serving in the temple and, you know, reading the dedicatory prayer, you know, just things so that when, when an event happens, everyone's kind of done some work beforehand. I guess you're, you're front loading it so that you're not walking in to state conference blind. Yeah. No, I love that. That without that, it, it, it would be hard to do that with the flip of the, of the switch, right? You sort of have to build this out, make sure people yeah. are aware of it and away it goes. So, um, so is your, your, your podcast is also public facing, like it's not a private podcast feed, right? Nope. It's just, right. it's just out there. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not, it's not something where we're super diligently creating content for it every week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're pulling things that already exist, but I just know as a busy mom, I have four kids of my own. Um, listening to a podcast is way easier for me than watching a video. So if I can, you know, put it on the car while I'm running errands or listen to it while I'm on a walk, um, that's, I just feel like you're hitting a whole group of people who might not take the time to sit and watch a video on YouTube for an hour. Yeah. So I, um, in a few words ago, I'm actually in the process of my, in my current word of creating a, a word podcast, but a past word podcast I created, um, where I would interview people. Right. And it was great. We got to hear stories and it just was another way yeah. similar to what you're doing with some of these other channels. Um, and I'm curious how you handled the situation where, you know, naturally as I'm recording stories, I want to start with the older generation in the ward and I would approach them with this, <laughs> with this idea of a podcast and interviewing, telling their stories and, they felt like, what, you're going to, you know, shout my social security number, like from the root, like they just felt like it was a, they wouldn't hear none of it because they didn't understand how it worked. And somehow it's just yeah. too public or whatever. And so any, how, how do you handle when people feel like, oh, I don't want my story out there or they feel like it's out there more than it really is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good points. Um, we've had situations where we have a, a woman in our ward who is amazing. Um, always doing fantastic service projects, always has something going on. I've wanted to highlight her for a while um, and share the stuff that she's doing. She just doesn't want the spotlight on her. She, mm -hmm. she told me, yeah. you know, that's just not, that's not why I do it. And, you know, she's quoting scriptures about, you know, <laughs> if you proclaim your own good works, then, you know, that's, that's your reward and not your reward in heaven. And I, I understand that. Um, I also really get privacy concerns with children. If you, Mm. Um, don't want your kids' faces on things, especially not associated with their name. You know, I, I get it. And I feel strongly about that with my own children. Um, but I just have come around to the fact that like, if we don't share our stories, no one, no one gets to hear them. And that's how you build unity and a stake and an award, um, across families is sharing our stories. So, yeah, I think it's just a hurdle you have to get over. We've been doing these, um, 
been going around to the wards and kind of trying to help people catch the vision of seeing you know, social media as, as the new mission tool um, and, and wanting them to share things on their personal channels and, and feel free to, um, you know, if, if a story touches them to, to share it, you know, on their own Facebook or social media. And people are hesitant and I, I, I get it. I just think it's a hurdle you have to get over. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just the more you do it and you establish these things, they're well taken care of. They look great. Like over time, I think more and more people open up to that possibility, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, and I love the concept. I've seen other stakes do it with uh, just serve, like have, creating an Instagram account for just serve rather than being, Oh, there's the just serve website and you just post something there, but sort of creating br- bridging it over to social media is really powerful. Yeah. Well, and there's been a lot of things locally that have been happening. Like, um, you know, there will just be a need that crops up. Like someone needed to collect a bunch of books for some organization. I forget which one. And it was like, how do we get the message out that we need? Everyone's got a few books in their closet they can get rid of. And how do we get the message out? And it's like, just put it on the Just Serve, you know, Instagram page. And, you know, there's a, there's a donation box at the church. There's one on this doorstep. And, and then magically they get filled up and it's happened. We've done it with shoes. We've done it with soccer gear. We've done it with, um, books, all kinds of things. We did an underwear drive, you know, it's just people will come out of the woodworks to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, as we wrap up here, like if there's a stake or somebody listening, that's excited about this, like where should a stake even start? I think that I would start with, um, it's a hard question. I think I would start with an Instagram page and a, and a matching Facebook account. You need to really do both. Um, especially with the younger people, the, the youth are really more on Instagram. Although all the missionaries are getting sucked into Facebook because they have to do that as part of their mission usually. So I would start with an Instagram account and then you can, you can just, there's a button that you can click on Instagram that shares the same content on your Facebook page. So you don't even have to post it in both places. You, know, you can post it at the same time. And that's probably where I would, I would start. Um, I think having a stake website is also super helpful. So maybe those three things, stake Facebook, stake Instagram, stake website. Can I just share one story? Yeah. That um, something that we've seen that I didn't really catch the vision of until recently is the the power of sharing a post. And we had this story. I I found it looking for something for, for our good news Laguna page, you know, that community page about a kid who, um, was down at Doheny, a local beach, and he likes to watch the sunset with his dad. And this kid, he's 18. He was born with cerebral palsy, so he has some physical limitations. And he and his dad are sitting on the beach talking, and he's telling his dad, I just got to, I need to learn how to surf. It's been on my bucket list for all these years. And his dad is saying, like, yeah, I just don't know how to make that happen, you know? And this woman, her name's Veronica, who just happened to be riding by, on her bike overhears this conversation and stops and says, you know, you want to learn how to, how to surf? And the kid says, yeah. And she says, well, I just taught myself the last couple of years. I could probably help you. And so she said, why don't you meet me Thursday at Doheny at two? So Aaron's like, great, I'll meet you Thursday. And this woman, Veronica starts posting in these community groups for Dana point. And she says, Hey, here's the situation. Can, can anyone help? And all these people come out of the woodworks. You know, someone says, I'll come and I'll give him a little lesson before. So he doesn't go in blind. And someone else says, hey, I can bring a board. 
a local surf shop says, oh, we'll bring a board. And other people say, you know, I can donate some money. Maybe we can get him a wetsuit. Um, and other people who surf say, we'll make sure we're in the water with him so that he has kind of a protective bubble around him while he's trying to get up. And a bunch of other people say, I'm just going to come and stand on the beach with a sign, you know, and cheer him on. And so when Aaron shows up on Thursday, there's this whole crowd of people here, you know, wow. waiting for him. I mean, so awesome. Yeah. And he goes out on this board and, you know, of course he gets up and even the fire trucks come and they're lining the jetty down at Doheny. And anytime he gets up, they send their sirens off. You know? So it just becomes this whole celebration at, at, on the beach, all because of this one woman who, who did this thing. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, the surf shop tells them to, to keep the board, you know, so it's just a great story. So we yeah. posted that on Good News Laguna. It's like the exact kind of story we want. You know, it's local. It's about someone helping someone. And, you know, on, on Instagram, it got like, you know, 50 likes and like four comments. And you're like, okay. And then I put it on Facebook and it gets like 550, you know, comments and, you know, a hundred, you know, a hundred shares. And so we start realizing like, it's great to read a story like that and think, wow, that was, that's so cool. It really warms my heart. It's another thing to share it and have it reach a whole different audience. And so that little story, you know, that only was seen by a couple hundred people on Instagram, you know, the Facebook, I think it's up to 26,000 or something. People have seen that story because it just keeps getting reshared and reshared. Oh. So I've kind of caught the vision of like, it's not okay to just see it and say like, oh yeah, that's really touching to me. The next step that we need people to take is to share it with other people. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that. Um, and this is, I don't mean to slip back into maybe more technical question. I'm curious with those public facing groups, like, is there anything you do to sort of transition to maybe a missionary opportunity or you just are purely just doing good and you're not worrying about, you know, an invitation yeah. or making that, that introduction? Um, so far we're, we're just sharing good and we're, we're really trying to share good across all religions, uh, not yeah. just our own. And that's been a little trickier than I've thought. Uh, we have some interfaith relationships, especially in Laguna Beach, but trying to, to get people to share stories because um, you know that there is good stuff happening all over and it's, it's happening all around us. And it's just a matter of um, taking the time to document yeah. it, get photos, get permission. It's, is, I think that there is um, huge potential for there to be mission opportunities connected to that community page but it's not the focus right now. Yeah. Yeah. And do they know, I mean, do you put it in the, like the bio, the, what's your stake name or anything? We do. It does. It does say, you know, I think it says sponsored by or hosted by uh, uh -huh. the church of Jesus Christ Laguna. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, that was we much debated about whether or not we should, we should include that or not. But yeah, I bet. I, I didn't ever, I don't ever want anyone to feel like it's like a bait and switch, you know, like, yeah, Hey, exactly. I thought I came here for good news stories and now I'm getting hit with, you know, <laughs> Joseph Smith. So yeah. I never want people to feel that way. It's really just trying to uplift the whole community by focusing on the good happening around us. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Brooke, the last question I have for you is just, uh, as you have gone through this journey of implementing social media and in your stake and creating unity there, definitely a leadership role. How has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? It's mm, a good question. Um, I think it, it has helped me just by seeing the goodness of other people um, by watching this, the stories of a lot of people are 
are following Christ and doing things just quietly on their own. And they don't necessarily want to be spotlighted. But I think by sharing those kinds of stories, it inspires the rest of us to maybe step it up a little or to think of ways that we can grow closer to Christ, to make him more the center of our lives and our families and our wards and our stake. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense, and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's where great leadership's discovered. Right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this individual an email letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And for more information about the Single Saints Virtual Summit, text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit leadingsaints.org slash singleadults. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.